Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode of Southland. This is season three, episode two, entitled Punching Water. A lot was going on in this episode. I gave it a 9.7 out of 10. I took all three points off due to Dewey just because he's Dewey and it is very frustrating watching this particular character. I will tell you. This episode was written by Chio Hadari Coker and directed by Christopher Chulak. Uh, I was talking to, oh, I forgot which one I was talking to, but TV Podcast Industries told me that they did a, a uh, interview with Chio Hadari Coker and still have not watched Southland. So I was very much chastising them for not watching the show because it's amazing and they even talked to the man himself so jelly because i would have loved to <laughs> before we jump into the podcast wherever you're listening to this Podbean, stitcher itunes amazon go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback for this show blackercouch at gmail.com so we're going to start with i mean everything pretty much ran together but we can pretty much start with the cop side of it since a bulk of the episode was um given to the detectives so a roll call dewey comes in back and also late you're mad i'm back big mad he's mad she's mad big fat the sergeant teams him up with with john while uh well boot ben is teamed up with oh man i keep forgetting her name but she was getting on my nerves in this episode (laughs) you know how somebody's people or some people try to pretend as if they have a right to say something when technically they do not out of their mouth because they are just as problematic cheeky that's her name she has some nerve she loves trying to throw her experience like why do you blame him so hard when your life was fucked up with this dude and that was all on you they had nothing to do with him just because he got involved at the end doesn't mean (laughs) that that you that you had the right I, i don't know i just really was bothered by that line when she's like i had to put up with it with years and you chose to bitch okay i swear to god if that was me i swear to god if that was me i don't care nothing about that blue line bullshit i'm gonna have to do it with somebody else anybody else (laughs) then dewey just put me on the desk man I'm gonna try to get my detective sergeant license whatever but man oh she is such a she just always plays the victim and i don't like that at all uh she also is very into the idea that ben has slept with the with a precinct hoe which is the redhead she has a fetish for cops and she likes to fuck as many as possible and take polaroids while she does so that's nasty everyone's talking about it <laughs> but 
at the same time he went back to those sloppy seconds talking about my car is still there it's like you have been warned sir you have been warned i love the the part where after the whole incident went down with lydia (laughs) that john has had enough he just lets dewey talk and talk i mean his patience man that is why he's a training officer (laughs) because his patience is no joke and he just pulled into that parking lot and said time to get some coffee yeah coffee's a good idea walks casually up to ben's like let's roll later bitch get fucked on one hand you can't just dump that problem on her on the other hand i understand completely evil get the hell out their first interaction on the road after he can and also people who get out of rehab and start talking about life changes and just quoting that's not people who truly are trying to get better those are mimic addicts that's how people get discharged all the time but they never solve their problem they just say what is needed to say and then they push it in everybody's face seeing a true a true recovering alcoholic does not need to do that or feel the need to do that it's a private thing you're doing it because you're a narcissist and you want attention and this is your new addiction you're addicted to everything because you are you've lost who you are as he tells ben in the car who asked like what happened to him he used to be a good cop like you and i like that subtle subtle respect he gave him he was focused uh you know he's all about the job they talk about the fact that being a cop only reveals who you really are inside and thus you know there's those that fall deep into that and then there's those that don't and it can bring out a part of you that already was there not necessarily created from the job in which you signed the fuck up for and that's what he he admires so much about ben is that he is a good cop and i like that reference once again to to john being a good cop despite his personal issues right now that have yet to blend into his job even though we've seen glimpses of it that clearly shows that it can and will eventually uh he was even in pain this particular episode he comes from a long long career of being a good cop and that's not something that is easily taken away from someone and should be easily taken away from someone because you can see how easily you can become not a good cop (laughs) or even a mediocre cop is what i would consider cheeky uh the one black dude talking about the polaroids and what did he say he had a line dang it i can't i didn't write it down it was really funny though (laughs) he's talking about how he's so good at beating up the ass i'm like men are so men but you see the women have to sit there and just deal with that particular conversation matter as if it's not problematic it's just part of the job that you have to deal with even though any other job this might be in the class of sexual harassment it probably is in the in the handbook (laughs) but this is how we let off steam this is how we do things and we're supposed to understand 
however if say one of those women was like well let me tell you about this dick i put in my actually they probably would like that that's the that's the catch 22 ain't it because they'd be totally into that shit um the car that they pulled over had me dying because i just went back to that that um i can't say words today cat williams joke where he talks about all the mexicans in the car and the more that kept coming out of that van i was like that's not that's not possible (laughs) was y'all sitting on each other's laps what the and you had the huge sombrero hats oh dewey is the worst he gets them all out starts having them play for him he starts talking about his rehab to the guy he's like we should just give him a ride it's like this is not our job as police officers at all why do you use the the streets as your personal entertainment and social hour and expect someone to be okay with that don't matter if you were out three years before where i was a boot you clearly have fell all the way off the ladder and the fact that i am now your training officer should tell you something you're ugly you're disgusting i'm gonna kill you ben is like being in this car is like being with my mother and i do not like it they then the the cops show up to the the crime scene that unfortunately killed a mother and her four-year-old child he asks about you know they're both very dedicated and looking for the bullet fragment because they want to do everything they can to help this case no matter how illogical it may be that the bullet would travel this far and he asks, like what was the kid's name and he says don't put that on you you don't want to know that um you see that that affected uh sammy a lot this episode especially after all the shit that he was talking and we'll get to those conversations as well because i thought those were really honest conversations and they weren't really trying to steer the audience one way or another it was basically a good balanced argument between you know the what you owe and then having that speech from from sal at the end i think hit it home but that scene where lydia my baby lydia overhears this dumbass talking about we would have been here in nine years to fuck up vato anyway fuck him they just doing us a favor we should let them all go into a room and shoot each other this that and the other thing completely cynical race every is that you could possibly be is dewey dudek and lydia is not with it she's not with it at all especially when she's like come on man that's somebody's kid he's like i don't give a shit so she shoves him right in the fucking face and he thought he was gonna come for her and she was like let's do this he's like bitch i'll show you a bitch 
Oh, oh my God. And everybody at the scene, you can tell that the officers have secondhand embarrassment, though. <laughs> that is one thing you clearly felt. <laughs> I loved even Ben and Lydia. Like, dude, she gonna whoop your ass. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You are not even close in the same weight class. And not only professionally, but seriously, if you was to do something to this woman right here, do you not even understand? That's your pension, dumbass. But not only that, how you gonna make us look like this? May all of us look like pieces of shit. That's when he was done. Especially after that line, the only thing women, those bitches, should be carrying iron is a frying pan. Puck ass bitch, motherfucker! kill that punk ass bitch he makes you want to hate him so much and it's so easy to do so because he's everything about those types of cops that are out there just jaded everyone's the same lumping everyone in has forgotten what they are and what they're supposed to stand for so he just comes in like a wrecking ball <laughs> um and it's due to this fact that he's just abrasive and completely a, a terrible person that has gotten themselves a gun and a badge. And you see the difficulty in getting rid of someone like this, of, of actually having them kicked off of the police force you know it's understandable if they become an alcoholic the 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 many perks of being a cop is afforded to dewey so when you see things like this it just pisses you off but it's meant to you know that it's meant to the show is not making any effort to say oh this is uh somehow okay behavior this is the type of behavior that many cops emulate and think is okay and i like the fact that you showing the good detectives are ones that we would consider good officers in this show backing off even sammy in his mouth <laughs> he's at least able to see it the other way he's at least able to shut himself up he, he he's got some self-awareness of his own ideas versus you know you didn't grow up on the street you don't understand you're not from around here you're not going to be part of this no matter how much you think that you're part of it you think that you understand it but you never lived that life so you need to kind of shut the fuck up <laughs> but on the other hand from someone looking on the outside it's good to know how and what they feel and then furthermore are you open to having a conversation about it because i think that's important as well I think that pretty much sums up the, the cops this week. So let's move to the detective. Sammy and Nate are out to solve a series of gang related murders. It starts off with one nobody or no one Frosty being shot. It's a Latino black war is my guess. Frosty gets shot. The witness is like nobody did it. So like, what do you mean nobody did it he gets pissed off and self-righteous 
you know i have to stand in so many living rooms and tell so many parents and i can get no witnesses but at the same time that's easy to say when your fucking ass ain't gotta get live in these neighborhoods or get shot snitches get stitches that is known that is a real thing people have to deal with and considering how much shit you yourself just witnessed janilla going through to get in the system how are you still with this pretense here sir but not only that nay has to pull him away when he gets physical and tells him bitch he was helping you out look nobody nobody is somebody and you didn't pick up what he was putting down because once again you not from around here and that's another scene though that didn't make sense to me is when nate's like i got a snitch because uh, salinger doesn't want this to to go out anywhere like don't have this a gang war on mlk weekend that's not what it's supposed to stand for however that's not how it goes down because then another guy named david is killed and then another or nobody is actually shot <laughs> nobody shot nobody that is when lydia and rosie is she her name rosie uh, josie josie are brought in they get a very easy case in the beginning which is basically <laughs> a murder suicide she was so happy like we're gonna be done by five o'clock he got the receipt in his pocket the gun is still warm and smoking she feels so much empathy for the victim and josie's like this is a fucking job (laughs) the daughter's coming in she wants to explain to her but she's like well i save my empathy for the crimes of people that we don't solve also there's a sale at the mall you want to go there she's like i can't believe you (laughs) you are so unfeeling and callous then they're brought to the crime scene where this is now their murder case the the guy that was murdered david i believe and thus um nate and sammy are tasked with getting them up to task (laughs) i love her uh josie's question how susan you know how my wife is stop playing then you get josie being dragged by well first she did try to drag them like what do you mean uh we worked all these cases two homicides a week we never got help it was only one detective y'all bitch asses can't handle this he was like where i where i heard you come from ain't nobody missing you so if you really love where you was at then why did you leave because you can always take your ass back she just turned around real quick clearly you're not well liked and that's why you're currently in the department it's like when you know shit all other people you just start talking that shit but i do like the point that she brought up a little later on like david he doesn't seem like a gangbanger but you have sammy making that ignorant statement well if you're lumped in with them or if you dress like them then it's on you if you get murdered which is the dumbest shit i've ever heard said but that's what some people say now caveat to that caveat to that right because she made a good point of this is my kids 
um one is in afghanistan another is uh going to a high ranking berkeley and the other one is some other high job but they all love listening to hip-hop and they all love like one let's stop stereotyping people that's first and foremost but we know that cops do not not stereotype people like that's not gonna just because you want something to go away doesn't mean they will go away and that's just the reality of the situation i know personally if i had a son i would not be telling him to trust and one i don't think sagging pants is something that looks attractive just throwing that out there don't think it's cool i'm sure shy's gonna have a lot more to say about this because she has three sons so i'm sure i will just leave that conversation because i think everybody is different but i see no reason why i need to see your underwear none now listen to hip-hop that's so fucking subjective and i think that there is something to be said about where you're at like in that way that he was using it he was totally in 100 percent wrong but say if you know on east 98th shit be popping off don't take your ass over to east 98th to watch shit be popping off and then wonder why you catch a bullet like that's crazy stupid stuff right there <laughs> so it was only halfway of an argument it was pretty much uh the surface area of said argument which i appreciated because as stated allows you to go and continue the conversation versus them having it for you but i did like the fact that they went back and forth in them and then him even being like oh okay so where do you live oh you live in the burbs so you having your kids dressed like that because you know where they at they're not going to be labeled as such or you're you put them in a safe enough neighborhood where where they dress don't matter um or you're trying to say that they're still from the hood by dressing that way even though they technically are like i don't get where that was going but there's definitely a lot in there to be discussed which is why lydia and both nate was over there just drinking all this tea between them <laughs> like you ain't gonna fucking judge me uh, yeah you could call me white privilege but your ass uh definitely is privileged as well and you you have no you have no qualms about showing that shit off so stop acting like you're better than me and that's pretty much where we left that conversation <laughs> until there is another shooting which is terrible because they killed a kid the shrapnel killed the kid from the car which is even worse they end up arresting both ben and john because they have a car chase where they get the they find the guy that was Giron that was the name of the person because they go around looking for the ak they know it's passed around between gangs because they use the same things but i really liked the line from sal saying fighting gang crime is like punching water no matter how hard you hit you can't seem to leave a dent really reminded me about the war on drugs but saying look and he put his picture up there he said his name he said remember that name because that is why we put this uh on so that we can stop things like innocent children being killed there's good people in these communities that are just living their lives and trying to do the best that they could because you also had sammy making kind of a point but non-point to nate 
about the fact that there's no fathers in these people's lives there's no um he makes the assumption you know maybe if you had parented them when they're saying why is me why did my child end up shot maybe if you had parented them better then they would not have da 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 but you see in that situation with david that he was a good kid he did i mean he was innocent like he this guy jiron borrowed his car and because they identified the the car they thought it was him and then they shot him and killed him that ain't nothing to do with how he was raised that had nothing to do with how he was dressed it had everything to do with the fact that someone that he knew and grew up with just happened to be involved in something that he didn't even know he was involved in and ended up catching a bullet as an innocent bystander in all of it so all that judgment that sammy is saying on one hand yeah clearly clearly some of these situations a lot of them as he stated i'm going you know you got crack mamas no daddies nobody's around no wonder these kids because they see a little kid on the corner already (laughs) a part of that thug life and they use kids a lot gangs love to use children but on the other hand you cannot paintbrush the situation and that's what people like to do they like to paintbrush but i really like sal breaking it down saying look no we fight for these children so that these assholes at least think twice before they do something so stupid and reckless and ak that's a gun that's gonna cause a lot of damage we talk about that on the street but now we see that showing up all over not just the street not just in gangs no we're seeing them in stores and schools and we don't want to discuss the drug the gun issue whatsoever i think that pretty much covers the episode i love lydia this episode i thought it was a really well written episode and uh, i love also the way they are starting to utilize like the helicopter and we're getting a little bit more comprehensive we even had the news story in the background having more of our detectives together and interacting with each other is something we didn't see too much of in season one and two so it's nice to see it in this episode and with that let's jump into the feedback shy i'm here to give my feedback for southland season three episode two now you know (laughs) i just got i just finished watching the episode so obviously the end scene is is fresh in my mind and i'm like i mean this whole episode was just about people getting a freak on and the consequences of said getting freak on um and variety of (laughs) ways from dude with the blow doll in the car and cutting himself yeah i was like yeah um we call it 1013 here in georgia uh, when you 
uh, begin a value, mental evaluation and, you, and, and are committed to a mental facility uh, to, for some treatment. Because I'm like, dude, uh, yeah, I was so taken aback by the fact that there was a blow doll in the front seat. And he's talking like this, <laughs> this doll is for real. So there's that. And then we have um, Ben and Miss Redhead Sally, uh, who we find out is a, uh, she gets around what do you call it? What it what it there's like a name for that? Um like a um I know like in rock bands they have like a I don't wanna say fangirl. You know, the ones that and like certain types of women that hang around certain types of uh guys, whether that be rock bands, whether that be cops, whether that be military, um, they have a thing for a certain type of guy. I can't, I mean, there's a name for it. I just can't remember, but we got her. Then we have um, Nobody. I can't believe, <laughs> I was like, and the dude kept saying Nobody. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I get you now, sir. I get you. Um, uh, we got Frosty, Nobody. They all fighting over some girl. Someone gets caught in the crossfire. Um, the one guy friend who's just so happened to be driving around in the car Uh, anyway I'm like dude if you doing some shady dealings in a vehicle and you're a gangbanger why would you uh first of all I wouldn't be getting in a car with someone that I know I don't care if we were friends I don't care if we went through elementary school together high school whatever I'm not getting in your car dude (laughs) it's not happening we, we, first of all, we ain't gonna be friends, but if for some crazy, off the wall, bizarre reason, we are still friends, even though I'm in church I'm, and, and I have a wife and kid, I'm, I'm cutting you off. I'm not about that life. I'm not trying to be around you. I'm not trying to be caught in the crossfire of whatever you got going on, which ended up happening. Um, so, but again, yeah, I know there's people you try to reach out to, we, we'll do that from a distance. Like, I'll call you. Well, I'll try to, you know, you know, reach out to you and minister to you or whatever um, from a distance. But we ain't, we ain't hanging out. That's, that's just not going to happen. Now, Christina, I know that, I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I don't like Dewey. You know that. In that one episode, he was slightly tolerable when he was doing the AA and he's back to being a complete douche and I just this whole episode I just want to punch him in the face I I cannot stand this dude why is he not retired why is he still on the force it makes absolutely no sense other than just to have somebody like that that's controversial on the on the show because I'm like what the hell (laughs) I mean, first of all, would you, I mean, is he, did he just come straight back from wherever he was, um, inpatient treatment to just going right back to on, on the streets? Like there's no time for him to be serving the desk, you know, and earning their trust back, making sure he's mentally, emotionally, all that stuff, able to handle the job and all that it entails. I mean, that's, ugh. 
And then him when Lydia, oh, I was Lydia in that moment. I was so Lydia. Uh, of course, she pushed his face. I would have want. I wanted to do more than that, as I've already said. And then he calls her, you know, bitches. And oh my God, he's such a misogynist. Oh, oh, I don't like this dude. And then John, John, John tried. I, I'll give him that. And, and that she, he, there better be more respect put on Cheeky's name after this episode, after his experience with. I mean. It's one thing to see it from a distance to get little bits and pieces of it, but to be around it day, all day, all night. And that's another thing. I mean, on the one hand, yes, give Cheeky her props. But then on the other hand, it's like, damn, girl, you want you put up with that crap for five years? I, I can't. I, I <laughs> It took John all of one day before he ditched you down. <laughs> it's like. Let's go, Ben. <laughs> I mean, no, no. And John is a seasoned, you know, very, very patient guy, I feel, for the most part. And yet he could not do it. He could not do it. Oh, gosh. Then we have the dude that had the two girlfriends and the wife who all crazy glued his penis to his body I'm like oh my gosh that I mean I, I I understand I truly do but that's a felt I mean that's a that's a crime um so <laughs> uh that's considered assault um but I yeah I'm just, it's just no guy is gonna have me have me go there it's just I'm just it ain't it ain't that serious it's bye I've been cheated on and it's goodbye. I'm not, I'm not about, I'm not about that life. Um, I mean, for when I was younger, for a hot minute, I went cray cray and did stupid shit. And then I looked myself in the mirror one day and I was like, what the hell are you doing? Why? It ain't even worth it. The stress, the, the emotional turmoil, all that stuff. It's just not, no guy is worth that. I mean, because if they're doing that kind of stuff to you, they got to go. I mean, not not worth my self-respect, um, my self-worth. I like what Sal said about the punching water, uh, which was the name of this episode. No water, no matter how hard you hit, you can't make a dent. And it's that's, yeah, it's, it's like... You try, you try, you try. You feel like you're just not making any progress because it's never ending. It's never ending. You've, you've taken, I mean, just like, you know, they say you cut off the head of the snake and another one will um, take its place. It just never seems like there's not an end to the, the cycle. Oh, do crack me up. Uh, the one that um, they were, they busted in the house to get the, um, was the AK-47. He's like, y'all can't catch me. <laughs> oh, I thought that was hilarious. And I'm like, in, later uh, in the earlier, uh, in the earlier in the episode, I was like, how many people was in that damn van? So when John said eleven, I was like, holy shit! It's like hey, they were they, they just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. I'm like, how? <laughs> I mean that's a I mean that's a joke that they have, but it's like it's legit. They do be packing in them them vehicles. They they know how to do it. I'll I'll, I'll give them I'll give um 
I'll give them that. But yeah, it's it's not a nice joke to repeat though. So I did hear it in my younger years. Yeah, this was a freaky, freaky shit kind of episode. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm not even. I mean, Tammy, she is just the worst. I, I I'll just end with that. I can't. I never liked Tammy. I'm glad that we only got what 30 seconds of her, if that. But whole old dude was like, we need to be adults about this. And I mean, poor poor Sammy. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's not perfect. He has his own issues, but damn, this woman is just, she's just the worst. I can't, I just can't. Um, but you know, I was never a fan anyway, so, um, not too surprising that I'm not finding ways to (laughs) be, uh, try to be in some type of defense, which there is no defense, but anyways, on that note, until next time, much love, peace and black girl magic, queen of the couch, shine. That was Queen Shy with her thoughts on the episode. What I loved about your feedback is that you caught all of the things that I missed. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't talk about that or that or that. What the shit? I did watch it while I was working at the same time. So it could be that those things weren't the, the highest topics of conversation. I went more analytical and philosophical. <laughs> and I can see you pointed out more of the, the other things. <laughs> it's so typical me. Um, I did forget about the, the dude in the car. With the, that shit was hysterical. He was just standing there. He was like, yeah, the bitch got me. She was in the car. And then I heard the dog barking. And I was like, wait a minute. He's not talking about his girl is the dog. And then I saw the blow up doll. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) No. He was like, she got mad. She going out dressing like that. (laughs) I was looking like a hoe. My God. Yeah, mental evaluation for real, for real. The other thing I meant to say as well was about the Nate talking to that one guy. Why the fuck would you ask him why he is outside with all these people around that can see him snitching to the police? Why don't they ever try to question somebody with some cooth? That's the one thing I will say. <laughs> I, I get that they're probably, but now, and you have to also keep in mind that these shows were taped in or filmed in Los Angeles, which back then was really fucked up. Uh, probably still is in some of these neighborhoods so there was a little bit of a legitimacy so they probably was like yeah we're not going in fucking alleys <laughs> there are people in the scene that are totally and utterly not extras that we paid for redhead sally that's who she was yeah you're thinking of the word groupie she's totally a cop groupie she just wants to add uh, the cops she likes men with badges or in uniforms there are women out there like that too and now the Giron situation, he clearly stated he never did anything around his friend David and, di- and his friend David didn't know about that life. So I get what you're saying because you're correct. If I knew a friend that was into that life, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. We ain't got, we ain't friends no more because I can't be around you because that's you. You part of that, that thing. But from what I was understanding, and that's why he went and shot him up and wasn't regretting it because he's like, look, this dude he was a good dude he went to church he had a wife he had a kid i borrowed his car and then that's when they told him you dumbass g ron borrowed the car he borrowed his friend's car and went to go see his girl 
and then they thought that that's the car that Giron drove when in fact that was david's car so now he was completely innocent in the whole entire situation which is unfortunate now he could have known that his friend but what they were saying in the in the story arc they were making it clear um because they were trying to make that point was that no he was someone that was an innocent victim in all of this even to the point that you know he didn't even know what his friend was doing what life he was in um now i was thinking about dewey the reason why they're they're pushing him in our face is because this is this is what cops are like this is this is what it means to basically um have to deal with this type of tenured bullshit (laughs) in departments and to say that it doesn't go on you don't have people on the force like that would be wrong because we know that they are and they're put back in the street they're all those things that you're saying why is he not psychologically so on and so forth that's why there's a there's there's a system that's broken and all they're doing in this show is just showing you one of those broken people in said system and how chaotic they are to other people particularly good cops around them i mean you could give cheeky props but she gets none for me (laughs) it's like you you have uh you like cheeky more than i do whereas i like russell more than you do that's fair i forgot about the crazy glue too that she was hysterical and the one dude when he's like uh did you go check why would i do that that's what the cops are for there's people screaming up there i don't want none of that and i don't blame him not my business <laughs> not my business uh they go up there yeah they found the guy and they put crazy glue on his dick and yeah i mean i ain't gonna go that far but i may just start cooking hot grits on the stove over and over stirring and staring for no reason <laughs> until you slowly realize that it is best that you get the fuck up out of my face um i don't want to see someone after you cheat at, uh, if you cheat on me i've had someone cheat on me too i think it's happened so once or twice i can't remember. i was really younger and one of them was really bad where i confronted but it wasn't even a real conf- confrontation because i was screaming up and everything and they thought they was big bad and other thing and i'm like yeah you know my brother in them is right across the street and they work with ex-felons so it was not 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 a not a walk that he wanted to take down the street that's for damn sure <laughs> and then the other one i remember that i reacted very violently but not towards them just a whole bunch of self because at the same time i'm with you like i'm not about to scream at i, I don't like nah, mm-mm, mm-mm. i get it i get it with that younger like you do go through that phase and then you're just like that's not worth. you're not worth it you're simply not worth it <laughs> i'm hurt but i will get over that pain and i don't need i don't need you to see that how bad you hurt me <laughs> i don't know if that's healthier but certainly he i don't feel the need to cut off people's dicks or do terrible things to them because that's about vengeance that's about you wanting them to pay for your pain and i i understand the sentiment but you, you just can't do it you can't you can't women cheat too you don't want uh people to start chopping off titties so 
<laughs> I forgot about Tammy too, just because I don't give a fuck about that bitch. But yeah, she cheated on him and now is pregnant with another person's baby. <laughs> and you gotta come home to that stuff. And the dude talking about, I love your wife, by the way. I'm in love with your wife. And she's like, I'm sorry. Like, what the fuck? This came out of nowhere. I left you at home. I'm paying for you to live in this house. You do not work. I'm racking up huge amounts of debt trying to make you fucking happy. And you put in your pussy out there in the streets and the baby ain't even might not be mine. Nah, that's some that's some that's some fucked up shit right there. That's that baby mama drama for you and sammy is not uh, sammy and tammy is they they toxic so this is not probably going to uh to end in a civil type of adult way because when has tammy ever really truly been an adult and that concludes this podcast if you want to send feedback for our next episode blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and until the next time Peace, hair grease, lacquer magic.